How do you handle Jamison Williams in Fantasy Pros drafts after his big suspension? Where should you be taking Javante Williams in your FFPC best ball drafts? And is Saquon Barkley a guy you should actually move prior to FFPC rookie drafts? Plus, Muhammad El-Sahani, a winner of five FFPC league titles, drops by to talk about Ramondre Stevenson, why he has avoided rookies in the fantasy pros championship drafts and more we've got a great show for you dave terpoli is here i'm eric balkman stick around your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now broadcast live and heard around the world you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet welcome to the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com with your hosts eric balkman and farrell elliott the high stakes fantasy football hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world and now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Boltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and of course, my co-host, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott, is actually off tonight. So I want to welcome in the co-hostess fill-in with the mostest. It is Dave Terpoli. You follow him on Twitter, at Dave Terp. Dave, i got to tell you a story here. And this involves I, I love stories. <laughs> you already know the story. So Farrell texted me and he said, listen, Balky, I'm, I'm going to be traveling uh, this weekend. Is there any chance we can do the show a different day? I said, no, we already have guests booked this day. Let me see if Terp can um, actually fill in. And he's like, okay. So I texted you. I said, hey, man, any chance you can fill in this week on Friday? You text me. Um, uh, let me let me check to make sure that because I'm going out of town on Saturday. Let me just check to make sure I'm, I'm good on that. And I'm like, okay. And before I could even text Farrell back, like literally like 10 seconds later, I'm in. And you were in. Like it was that fast. Never a doubt. The, just got to like, get permission I, from the boss and we were good to go. And, and that was the quickest. I've never got permission from my boss that fast ever. And you got it. It was like instantaneous. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad to have you on tonight. Are you, how much have you researched the NFL draft? How geeked up are you? Because we are less than a week away, my friend. I'm pretty excited. I think the class is very undervalued. I mean, I think there's a lot of talent in the draft, and we'll definitely be talking about that tonight. Uh, we definitely will, uh, for sure. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to lecture you about what we think of uh, Tua Tungabailoa's recent retirement comments, whether Zay Flowers is being pumped up too much in FFPC drafts, and then five-time FFPC league champion Muhammad El Sahani is going to drop in to talk about the Chiefs' backfield. He's going to talk about Dalton Kincaid out of Utah and much more. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, the show is at Hour. I'm at Eric Balkman. Always check out Terp's uh, Twitter page, at Dave Terp. You can also email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment coming up later on at the end of the show tonight. Thanks to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob. This is your final warning, final, final warning, because we got, I think, less than five dozen Dynasty uh, orphans out there. Many of them are priced at $1. You can get a twelve fifty Dynasty League right now. Some good teams, too. For $1, Terp. It's insane. 
um, which which is crazy uh, that we have these teams available. But we're looking at the start of the NFL draft coming up on Thursday. Here we are on Friday before, uh, and these uh, dynasty orphans are going fast and furious. I know we had a bunch of them scooped up again today. Uh, you can adopt the Dynasty Orphan right now at myffpc.com. Those discounted teams are available at the 250, the 500, uh, the 750, and the 1250 levels right now. The 77s are sold out, um, and the 2500s are sold out. You can get those as low as $1 at myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. As a reminder, we also offered, we already were offering startup drafts. Uh, pre-NFL draft and post-NFL draft for $100. Now we have them at the $250 level. So if you want to join in uh, and get some action going with the uh, $100 and $250 Dynasty Maiden Startups, you can do so at myffpc.com. The biggest news we've had all season is not only are we offering a $1 million grand prize in the FFPC main event for the second straight year, we are also offering for the first time ever a $1 million grand prize in the Fantasy Pros Championship. First time we've ever done this because it's a million dollar grand prize. You only have to turp. You only have to plunk down three hundred fifty bucks uh, for this, uh, which it's is a tremendous value. You want to buy up three teams, you're going to get a fifty dollar discount on the three on the third team. If you wanted to uh, take advantage of the early bird promotion we have going on, we encourage that type of behavior. Register now by June first, so a little bit over a month, and draft that team by June fifteenth. Boom. Free FFPC $35 lead credit to your account. We'll do that up to three times as well. That's myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, share the video with everybody you know, and get notified so we can continue to bring on great guests like we're having tonight with Muhammad El Sahani. You know, it's one of those things, Terp, um, not a lot of people, I shouldn't say not a lot of people are drafting right now. But it's it's difficult to find people who are drafting right now who want to talk about it because everybody's 100%. very they're very protective of of what very, they're very doing protective. so far. They don't want their secrets to get out, especially you know now coming into the draft next week. I mean, it's all about landing spots next week, and these right. guys want to get ahead of them before you know they land somewhere. So a lot of these guys are real quiet up in the next couple of weeks. It's true. It's very true. And we'll kick things off uh, today in uh, Las Vegas. Raiders GM. Dave Ziegler says Josh Jacobs has not yet signed his franchise tender tag and he will not participate in the voluntary offseason program. This is according to Paul Gutierrez, who covers the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. This is his Twitter account. Jacobs will not be allowed to participate in the voluntary offseason uh, off program until he signs that franchise tag or until the Raiders and him, if they do at all, agree on a long-term agreement. Now, he previously said that he's willing to play on the franchise tag, but... That's only if the Raiders surround other talent around him on offense and perhaps on defense as well. Now, as a response to that, the Raiders added Jacoby Myers, which we'll get into later on in the show. Um, and they are working through the situation, according to Ziegler, with Jacobs right now. Uh, but he didn't seem concerned that this is going to be a big deal. Um, if he does play on the tag and hits the open, mark, uh, open market for the season, Terp, this is good news for fantasy players. Right now in the Fantasy Pros Championship, shout out to Darren Armani at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, fantasymojo.com. Anytime we cite FFPC ADP data on this uh, on this show, it's always due to him. And I'll tell you right now, Terp, that in the F Fantasy Pros Championship, he's running back eight at the 211 right now. If you were drafting at the end of the second round, 
would you be scared off to maybe go with somebody like Tony Pollard or Derrick Henry or even Brees Hall, all running backs that are going after him in the Fantasy Pros Championship? Would you go with any of those guys over Jacobs given this franchise uh, tag situation right now? The only player out of those four you just mentioned that I would take over him is Tony Pollard. I think that situation, unless Dallas goes, you know, this week it's crazy and takes Robinson or Gibbs early. Um, I think Pollard probably will move up draft boards. Besides that, though, I think if you're a fantasy football owner, you do not want Jonathan, Josh Jacobs to sign a contract. You want him mm. to play on that franchise tag mm-hmm. because you, you you want them to run him into the ground. You want him to do exactly what they did to him last year, just feed him every carry, every game, nobody else. And also this week you have to watch the draft because I'm sure the Raiders will just do Raider type of things and, and draft the guy as the replacement, which they should. But you don't want him to sign a long – if he signs a long-time contract, I'd be very, very worried about that situation because – They'll have to protect their asset then. He's not going to get 100% of the snaps and 100% of the carries and, you know, all the catches that he got. So I'd be worried. Um, But he's definitely a guy that I've been warming up to a lot more. But the news will be next week. Obviously, you got to pay attention to what they do in the draft. And then, again, I don't want him to sign a contract. I want them to run him into the ground. So if that is the case, and and you know that's the way that they'll behave, or at least that's the thing the, that's the way you think they're going to behave when you're drafting right now here in on April 21st. Zamir White is out there running back 74. He's going at the 1809. Terp, is there value there? And Zamir there's definitely White definitely value. I mean, it, it, before these draft, before the NFL draft, there's always you got to take some shots on guys. A lot of these guys who, if they don't add a rookie next week, Zamir White is going to move up draft board. Mm-hmm. just because he's pretty much the only guy there. So I don't see them adding a veteran. It doesn't seem like a spot for a veteran, you know, not one of the ones like the four nets or the hunts of the world. So I could see, you know, Samir White moving up draft boards easily. And if you get him now in drafts, you know, in the 18th round, like you said, it's going to be a value when he's moving up to 14, 15, maybe higher in some cases. Get your shares of Zamir White. Now, I want to get into this Jamison Williams discussion, but before we do, Terp, we have Flies Beats, a longtime uh, hanger-outer and uh, a ch- uh, commenter of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour hanging out on YouTube right now. He says uh, he wants to know, how do you determine ADP value compared with lineup stack value? He goes on to tell uh, us this. He's on the clock at 10-10. Jared Goff is sitting there. He does not have any hookups to Jared Goff. It's a round and a half of value if he drafts him as his quarterback, too. He already has Najee Harris. He already has Johnson with the thought of a late backup quarterback stack with Ritter. I'm trying to figure out which Johnson that would be. What Johnson do you think that would be? Deontay? I guess. But who's his, okay. who's his quarterback one? Well, he, does, he doesn't say in here. Maybe he can, he can chime in on this. But his question is, and this is more of a broad topic that I think we can yeah. answer for all the viewers here tonight. When does draft value – trump roster construction or is a three quarterback build in thought with getting the value in golf with ritter a couple rounds later for the stack justin herbert here it is justin herbert is his quarterback one but i you know we can we can obviously answer his situation here terp but if we expand this to just sort of a draft philosophical question i think it boils down to this when does draft value Trump What's the format's the number one question. I mean, if it's I, a, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say it's a here, fantasy pros championship. It's, it's, it's got to be some sort of super flex, right? Yeah. Um, well, maybe not flex, necessarily. It can't be a super flex. Golf golf is, sense, then golf yeah, is still out there in the tenth round. It can't be a super flex. It's no, got to it be like be. fantasy pros. Yeah. If it's fantasy pros, I think it's a flaw. I mean, you're taking Herbert, you're banking Herbert. 
if you want to take a late quarterback, you know, somebody with some upside, I mean, Goff might be the one, but mm-hmm. I'm not taking a 10th round quarterback when I already have Herbert. If it's a best ball thing, I mean, it might be a little different, but right. we know my rules with stacking. I mean, you, you missed out on Jameson Williams. You missed out on St. Brown. I mean, are you really going to stack Goff with Marvin Jones? I feel like there's other options that are just as potentially explosive. Like you said, Kenny Pickett with Deontay Johnson type of situation that makes more sense. There is no way ever in, in, in the main event or fantasy pros that I'm drafting three quarterbacks on any team ever. All right, so just Superflex, uh, obviously, it's different because yeah, you got to get them early, but my this, guess is this, it's not. This is an FFPC best ball, he said. So I'm assuming okay. 20 rounds here. Three quarterback build in thought with getting Goff and Ritter in the couple, couple rounds later for the stack. Is there something to be said for that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's, uh, there's some potential in it. I, I think I'd more stay with just going with Herbert. You drafted mm-hmm. him early enough and then just taking one other guy. I mean, if you want to sprinkle in like a – Mike White or somebody like that is like a wild card, like late, 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 just to have a third guy, you know, somebody with like some late season potential or obviously two of them get hurt any week, but yeah, he's not, I, I, I wouldn't go golf naked. I mean, there's just no upside in that. Right. Opinion. Uh, let, we got, uh, uh, Muhammad, uh, Elsa Haney, uh, hanging out in the green room, uh, gnashing on all the great snacks and drinks we provided for him before we bring him on here shortly. We want to get to the news of the day here, Terp, and and this is big. The NFL has suspended Jamison Williams six games for violating the NFL's gambling policy, according to Ian Rappaport on Twitter. Now, both Williams and wide receiver Stanley Berryhill got six-game suspensions. Uh, Fellow wide receiver Quintez Cephas and Lions safety C.J. Moore got year-long bans. Uh, They have been released by the Detroit Lions. Williams and Berryhill reportedly bet on college football games, which is allowed by the NFL, but they did so from league facilities, which is prohibited. Although my my buddy, the commish, uh, Bryce, was telling me today, the rules on this are very nebulous as far as, you know, whether they actually violated any policy or not. Maybe more to come on that. Now, the uh, the Lions, uh, we're going to have Jamison Williams coming back at the start of the season. Remember, he had a torn ACL coming into his rookie season. He did not play until week 13 of last year. Caught one pass for 41 yards and a touchdown. He was expected to be huge in 2023 now he's going to have to wait until mid-october at the earliest uh they're going to be able to participate in everything as far as preseason stuff goes otas training camp and everything like that however they will not be eligible until week seven of the uh nfl season terp jamison williams wide receiver 30 at the 603 prior to the suspension where would you take him now i mean I was a big fan, so this is definitely not news I wanted to see today. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's a stupid rule. Let's just get that out of the way. We, we both could probably agree there. Dumb rule. I mean, if you bet on NFL, that's different, but college football shouldn't even be a question, especially with gambling being legal now. And, 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 I'll, and I'll interrupt you here on this, Terp, and, and I, I'm saying I have no corroboration on this, but the way I understand it is um, to bet on their cell phone, like on, on a – FanDuel, DraftKings, whatever account, mm-hmm. to bet on their cell phone if they would have gone off property, you know, 200 feet maybe from where they were standing. When they made these like, I mean, like, then, then I don't know, geolocation or whatever. But if they would have done that, right, exactly. If they would have moved like another 200, 300 feet, then there would be no suspension involved at, at all, which to me, it seems like a flawed rule. I've, I've done some research on this. I can't find anything on whether they can um, uh, appeal, appeal the suspension or yeah. not. And I don't know if that's the case, but as of right now, as we're operating, 
I'm with you. I think it's a dumb rule. But as we're operating right now, it seems like week seven at the earliest of Jamison Williams. And now we have to figure out how far we're moving him down our draft boards. It's a crushing blow in drafts. I mean, first of all, I think this makes St. Brown a clear cut first round pick. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's a question at this point. Um, But for Jamison Williams, I mean, best ball, redraft, dynasty. I mean, you keep going down the list. I mean, every format he's in trouble. I mean, where does he fall? Obviously, we don't have the data on that yet with drafts, you know, probably going on today. We'll probably see like next week where he falls to. But like he still has that ability to just break a slate. But where do you take him? Eighth round, ninth round, tenth? I mean, that's probably where he's going to fall to. And I think he's a, you know, a solid pick there. But you better be good at receiver to be taking that shot because you can't waste a pick like that. Um, yeah. It's it's just a bummer because – I was really, really high on him this year. The drafts I've done so far, he's definitely been a popular target of mine. You know, obviously he's going to fall down draft boards. He's definitely a guy I wouldn't stay away from, but just just a bummer. Terp, quick would you rather on this. Let, let's let's move him down the list a little bit, Jamison Williams. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Jamison Williams or Kadarius Tony? Wow. I mean – you have to pick Tony, just but okay. man, that's I'm not saying it's like clear cut, right? I mean, the only reason is availability, but we don't even know if he's going to be available. Well, you know? I, and I'm moving down about a round and a half here on that. Yeah. So you're saying Tony, let's move down a little bit further. Kadarius Tony, all right, not Kadarius Tony, Jamison Williams or George Pickens? George Pickens, I mean, I, it's just do I think Jamison Williams? I mean, Jamison Williams has top 10 ability. You know, in that offense with his, you know, big playability, but being out six games, man, that's it's a, it's a huge gamble in formats. You're just hoping that he gets you're afloat by week six, and he just hits the ground running, which is no guarantee. I mean, let's keep, we don't let, even know if Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback by then. Let, I mean, exactly. Yes, the Lions they're, they're the popular, sexy pick of the off season to win a division and all that stuff, but like. It's still Jared Goff, and it's still the Lions. So, like, I don't know. Let's see if we can bottom out here. I'm going to keep moving down. Would you rather, in the Fantasy Pros Championship, would you Mm -hmm. rather draft Jamison Williams or Brandon Cooks? Which one would you rather have? This is where I draw the line. Okay. Jamison Williams. All right. So, I I dip down a little bit on this one, Terp. Let's let's move up a little bit. And and I dip down because I don't know the proper pronunciation of the Washington Commanders receiver. Whether it's Jahan or Jahan Dotson, who would you, you rather have? Dotson in a heartbeat. Dotson. Okay, there we go. Not, so even, not even a question. So according to Terp right now, who is drafting in these formats, Jamison Williams was going at the 603. Terp is putting him now as a drop of about two rounds because Dotson was going at the 802. Cooks is going at the 805. A two-round drop would make him at the 803. So it's a two-round drop right now. As we uh, as we look at it at this very moment, we'll see how the FFPC drafters do in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, all the best ball leagues we have going on this weekend at myffpc.com. I have so much more to get to with you, Terp. We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in it because I want to welcome in our guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a guy who's been playing fantasy football for more than two decades, uh, and in the FFPC for just the last three years already. He started assembling several high-stakes dynasty teams. For the first time, he is already a five-time FFPC league champion. Please welcome onto the high-stakes fantasy football hour, Mr. Muhammad El Sahani. Thanks for joining us tonight, Muhammad. We really appreciate this. Thank you, guys. No, it's it's been great. I'm looking forward to talking some football. 
this is crazy for you because you were telling me uh, off air, you know, you were just filling a spot in one of your buddies' leagues. And now all of a sudden here, three, you know, you joined the FFPC, three years go by, and now you're on a uh, fantasy football podcast uh, the weeks before the NFL draft. You have all these dynasty teams. You've been drafting all these fantasy pros teams. Um, like it, it's, it's whirlwind for you right now. And, and I feel like um, you have had uh, some sort of baptism by fire where you've learned a lot uh, in order to, um, you know, become a league champion in all these leagues. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I mean, I'm learning. There's a lot of sharp minds in this uh, industry, as you, as you know, uh, both of you included. So uh, I'm doing my best and uh, uh, just having a blast. Uh, but yeah, it, it kind of started uh, just kind of on a whim. My, my buddy needed someone to fill in uh, for a, uh, someone who dropped out of his league. And uh, I can kind of came in second that, that year and, I've just been hooked ever since. Had a heartbreaking. They're the best stories. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know what? best stories. Absolutely. I'll I'll remember it to to the day I die. It's like uh, I I I I traded. If if you know this name, Warwick Dunn. Oh yeah, Florida State, State baby. Yeah, love yeah. it. Mid season, I, I traded him away, and in in the finals, he had his like all time greatest game, three touchdown game, and that's the reason <laughs> I lost. So yeah, it's wow. one of those things that I was hooked ever since. So. Yeah. And Mo, you got to wonder, like, if you had not, if you had won the league that first year, would you be as focused on, you know, trying to win all these championships? Because, like, right away you found out how hard it was to win. Yeah. And then you're like, you got bit by the bug. (laughs) The heartbreak stays with you. You you always (laughs) want to come back the next year and and, and do better. You told me this off air, but inform the viewers and the listeners when you're not winning these FFPC leagues, uh, what are you doing for a living? So I'm a, a teacher, a high school teacher. Uh, I've been teaching for about 20 years um, in the Detroit area and uh, teach high school math, mostly like ninth through 11th grade. Nice. And God bless you. My wife is a teacher and she's been a teacher now for my it's goodness. Tough grade too. It, like it's it's 15, grade. 20 years or whatever. It, it's been, it. God bless you. We, we no, have a lot of no, well, I've been very lucky. The kids are, are, I get along with the kids pretty well. So, you know, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been, it's been a great experience. Well, let me ask you this right off the top. Are, are you a Lions fan? Oh, unfortunately, yes. I mean, okay. unfortunately, <laughs> division champs this year. Oh, well, oh, hold on. Are they? Because now we just got this bombshell turf with Jamison Williams, which you and I just discussed. Mo, what are you doing? With, I, I don't know. I, I've not looked uh, what, what shares you have of Jamison Williams this year. But what's your instant reaction to this? Because Williams, I, I think everybody, all of us high stakes players thought that Williams is going to take a huge step forward this year. And now it, it's going to be a little bit stunted given that he's not going to be able to participate for the first six games of the season. Oh, I, I think that's huge news. And I think it's going to have a dramatically negative effect on the Lions. I mean, I think that's not a good situation. I've been trying to acquire Jameson Williams, particularly in Dynasty. Uh, not very hard or it was very hard to do, but uh the, the reality is, yeah, I think he was going to be a big piece of the offense. So I think that's a, a pretty big blow to, you know, winning the division. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that's going to play out at this point. So for, for dynasty and, and Terp, I know you're going to ask about Mike Kosicki here in a second, but just real quick, last question for you here before we turn that over to Terp. Uh, when you look at Jameson Williams and dynasty leagues right now, do you think you can get a deal on him given the suspension or is it not long enough for you to, to be able to cash in on, on grabbing Jameson Williams at a discount. I, you know what I think? I think uh, people who have been holding Jameson Williams this long are going to probably continue to hold, even with this news. I mean, yeah. it's it's they've had him for so long at this point. 
you're getting you're you, why sell him at the like the lowest point you're, you're not going to get a, a fair return so i think pretty much he's still going to be hard to acquire just because the people who, who invested draft capital on him they're not going to give him up on him right now so i'll, I'll keep trying though for sure <laughs> no doubt he's a very talented player so he sure is. So we'll start off with a couple questions. Mike Jacecki, New England. What's your expectation? You think he's a fantasy football piece, or he's just? Uh, I actually have kind of high hopes for Mike Jacecki. I, I will preface this by saying I have I been, like yeah, I've been a big fan of Mike Jacecki's just profile in general. He's a very athletic guy. Um, he can. He's very good at contested catches. Uh, I think that will be very beneficial in the in the red zone in particular. I think the problem with Gesicki is that he's never really been given the opportunity to like play to his strengths. And I think the, the, if I read this correctly, the, the new England has kind of already come out and said, they view him as like a hybrid, you know, uh, receiver slash tight end. So I think they are going to use him in the right way. And when I think of that new England receiving core, I can't say there's anybody that scares me away from Mike Gesicki either. Nobody. So, yeah, I think he's got a real shot to put up some decent points. Uh, solid, solid tight end two, possibly low tight end one numbers. I, that would be, that would be great. And particularly where you're getting him, I don't know what his ADP is, but I feel like you you could get him for pretty cheap. So the investment's pretty low. That. You know his his main competition as as far as tight end goes is Hunter Henry, and this is a player that people are very excited about when the Patriots got him and Janu Smith. Uh, the excitement has waned. Because Hunter Henry is now tight end 34 in the Fantasy Pros Championship at the 1906. Meanwhile, you look at a guy like Mike Jasicki, who is going now at way higher than that, guys. Mike Jasicki's ADP, tight end 18 at the 1201. So you can get him. And and, and let's think about this here for a second, because I I think this is underreported. New England needs a receiver. They need some perimeter help. Jacoby Myers is now in Las Vegas. So that guy that was getting commanding all those targets out there is no longer going to be there. Um, even if they, cause the free agency is pick clean right now. There's, there's, you know, they're not going to add anybody that's going to be making a lick of difference right now, uh, for the course of the entire season. If they draft somebody, whether it's a tight end, whether it's a receiver, they're, they're not going to be an instant guy that that's going to help this offense out. Uh, Mac Jones is going to have a new offensive coordinator this year. We don't know if Mac Jones is going to last the season, but we do know this is Mike Jasicki, a guy that went to Miami, that had a pretty good season, and then Mike McDaniel took over, a guy who you need to block uh, if you're a tight end in his offense. Jasicki doesn't block. As a result, he was off the field quite a bit, and I think you're totally right, Mo. His strengths have not been accentuated in the NFL uh, long-term, maybe one season, but now he goes to New England. They obviously like him there. I think Mike Jasicki is being undervalued at the 12-01 at the tight end 18. He makes for an excellent number three tight end in the fantasy pros championship. And if you wait on tight end, he can make for a decent number two tight end uh, in that format as well. I want to stick Mo with the new England Patriots for this next question. How concerned are you? And I feel like I brought this up with a lot of high stakes players. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I know you have him on some of your fantasy pros championship teams. The NFL draft is going to start in less than a week uh, at this time. Uh, next week, we could see the new England Patriots with the brand new running back on their roster. They could draft somebody. They might not. How concerned are you about your Ramondre Stevenson shares in the Fantasy Pros Championship, knowing the NFL draft is going to be coming up here pretty quick? Yeah, I think my concern level with Ramondre is lower than consensus. Uh, I I love Ramondre. He's a he's he's just a big guy. 
uh, can catch passes. He's the, 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 the coaching staff seem to really uh, trust him uh, in pretty much any situation. He's going to get some goal line carries. One thing that stood out to me though last year was, you know, New England's running back uh, room is pretty deep already. They had mm-hmm. some pretty talented running backs and Ramondre did miss a game or two last year. And those running backs came in and performed very, very well. But what I took away from that was when Ramondre was healthy, he took over the backfield again. So he's already kind of held off uh, rookie running backs. So I feel like uh, I think there's a good chance that he'll whoever they are going to draft, if they do draft somebody, I think he has the skill set to kind of hold them off. I will say that if it's Bijan Robinson, then that probably isn't the case. <laughs> All bets are off. Yes. Yeah. Everybody's right. fearing that right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but why would they do something like that? Why? I mean, who knows what New England is going to do? Bill Belichick is, you know, he's unpredictable. But uh, I, I thought they'd at some point have an offensive coordinator last year, and instead they had a special teams guy and a defensive guy running the offense all year. So you're right, Bo. Like, we don't know what Bill Belichick and the Patriots are capable of, and that's what's so maddening about this. Right. No, absolutely. But, you know, I think I, I'm a kind of a believer in his skill set. I think he's a he's a wonderful player. I think uh, he's already shown that he can be successful, and I can't see why they would necessarily go away from that. So. Deshaun Watson's a popular breakout pick this year. Are FFPC players uh, sleeping on David Njoko? I mean, is he a guy that can get up in the top five tight ends? Ooh, top five. That might be a little high, but I do think people are sleeping a little bit on the Browns in general. Uh, and, and I think they're kind of being undervalued in general. Um, David Njoku, kind of like Mike Kosicki, I, I've always been a big fan of his athleticism, uh, very good tight end. What I like about Njoku, though, is that he's always on the field. He's, his snap share is 100%. extremely high. He's running routes on most of the snaps that he's playing. And I would anticipate what I'm thinking is going to happen is that uh, Cleveland is probably going to throw a little bit more than they have in the past. At least that's what it, it seems like there's some rumbling that that may happen. They may open up the offense. I think for a guy who's on the on the field, basically all the time running routes that should open up a few more targets for him. And additionally, if you do think about where they used him in the field, they did throw in the red zone to him. He was a pretty red, a pretty big red zone target for them. So I definitely feel like he's got a shot at uh, top five might be a little high, but I definitely feel like somewhere in the six to seven range, he definitely has that in his, in his uh, potential. Uh, David and Joku right now going off at um, tight end 10, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in the hard. Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, right behind Evan Engram, right behind Pat Fryermuth, and right ahead of Dalton Schultz and Chig Okwanko. Right now, David and Joku, 7-10 in the Fantasy Pros Championship. I do want to talk to you about, uh, Mo, here, the Kansas City Chiefs backfield. Now, I know you have Clyde Edwards-Alaire on a few of your dynasty teams with the FFPC. As I look at the Fantasy Pros uh, ADP here on FantasyMojo.com, the running back situation. Isaiah Pacheco is currently being drafted in the mid-fifth round as running back 18. Clyde Edwards-Alaire running back 63 at the 15-16 turn. Those are the only two running backs from Kansas City that are being drafted. Jerick McKinnon, obviously, a free agent right now. 
who is the Chiefs running back that you want to own? And, and we'll focus this on redraft right now. And if you want to expand it out to Dynasty, I'll leave that up to you. But if you're drafting into the Fantasy Pros Championship early, who's the Chiefs running back you want to have? And even if that, even if, and I'll piggyback on this, even if that's the guy to have right now, what are your concerns about what's going to happen in the NFL draft coming up next weekend? Yeah, I will tell you honestly, this this one is tough to me. I, I feel like the that the that backfield seems just like a mess to me. <laughs> and uh I, I would tend to stay away from it if I could. I have been taking Clyde Edwards because he's practically free. Uh nobody wants him. Um at right and, and as of this moment, I would anticipate he will be a Kansas City Chief, potentially Kenchik passes, maybe in the Jarek McKinnon role. Who knows? Um, and he could probably provide some value. But with that being said, if I'm if I'm talking redraft, I'm probably going to if I have to choose between the two, I'm probably picking Isaiah Pacheco. And yeah. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, he was a seventh round draft pick. There's a lot of worry about him kind of getting washed out because there's not a lot of draft capital. But every time I hear that, I can't help but think, you know, how many seventh round picks uh, not only played, but played very well in the Super Bowl the previous year. And I can't think of one, really. I, to, right. I can't think of one ever. So I do think uh, they showed they showed that they trusted him in the biggest game of the year. I feel like I don't know why that what would you know what would make them go away from that. So if I'm thinking redraft, I would probably have to say Pacheco. Um but like I said, I, I do think the fifth round might be a little rich for me because I, I just feel like there's a there's just too much uncertainty with that backfield for me to to really have a solid take on that. Let me add on this before before we talk more rookies in the fantasy pros drafts. Uh, well, when you talk about Clyde Edwards Lair, is he a guy that's going to make it through? Um, you know, because obviously we're, we're going to have rookie drafts here coming up. Is he a guy that's going to make it through on these teams? I mean, are you going to find a spot for him? On these rook, a uh, big part on these dynasty drafts you have with the FFPC, on um, in dynasty, in dynasty, because you said, I mean, he and you're right, he's basically free right now. But is he going to be the type of guy that you're going to try to find a way to keep him on your roster all the way to the start of the season? Uh, yes, I will. I I think he's, I think he's shown flashes that he can be good in the NFL. I think that he, he he will find a home eventually. I think in some ways it might benefit him to leave Kansas city, um, start mm-hmm. somewhere else. I think that might be Cincinnati with Burrow. Oh, there you go. Absolutely. I mean, that, that would be ideal. And I know Burrow's a big fan of him, so that would be perfect. So yeah, I definitely feel like I'm holding on to him with the hopes that he can find a new home possibly and kind of regain some value in that way. I've heard a rumor You've done a bunch of fantasy pros championship drafts already that you're avoiding drafting rookies. <laughs> Why? Yes, no, that's definitely true. But I think that's probably more just due to the time. It's very early. We got a long way till football. So um, I will say this. I'm not enamored by any one specific player this year. I feel like outside of Bijan and Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I can't. I can't say that I'm so enamored with any player that I just have to have them on my team, no matter where they go. So I feel like at this point in the season, I've been avoiding them mostly just because I, I I'm more curious where they're going to land. And I think I can make a more informed decision at that point as to where oh, I want to take them. I'll follow up with that 
with some great landing spots potentially out there, especially we just mentioned Cincinnati, do you feel like you'll be behind the eight ball if you don't take some shots at running back before the draft? Because let's just say Gibbs or, you know, one of the other Charbonnet. guys. Oh, yeah, Carbonet, you know, he's another popular name. And, you know, there's been a couple other names that have been mocked there, I guess. Do you feel like he'll be up be behind the eight ball when it comes to the field? I, I do. I mean, I definitely feel like there is that risk involved. And um, but, you know, like I don't necessarily feel like it's a it's a slam dunk. So let's say, for example, Bijan was to go to New England like we were talking about earlier. I think that would sink both his his stock disaster as well. complete yeah, disaster. exactly so i feel like there's that potential that yeah you could hit a home run uh jameer gibbs could go to cincinnati and play you know from day one and be a, a star um i am kind of interested in a few zach charbonnet in particular i feel like i'm very interested to see where he ends up uh roshan johnson i feel like i'm kind mm-hmm. of Keeping uh, tabs on him. I'd like to know where he's going to go. Uh, but right now, without knowing where they're going to land, I feel like at least in the drafts I've done so far, there's other players that I feel fairly good about as well. Um, and I'll probably start moving those rookies up once I just have a better feeling of you know what kind of what kind of position they're going to be in. So let me. So, so Mo, let me ask you this. And, and again, I always say this, I say this all the time. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, in regards to the rookies, right. And, and Terp kind of uh, alluded to this. Do you feel when you're drafting in the fantasy pros championship right now, by avoiding the rookies and being dialed into the situations and what you know about these veterans, you can actually gain a leg up on your competition by letting them take these chances on the rookies and cash in on the value of these veterans whose prices may go up, whose ADP may go up after the NFL draft. Do you think that that might be a better way to win the $1 million in the fantasy pros championship? Everybody else is zigging and here you are zagging. Well, yeah, that, that is exactly kind of what I'm trying to do. I do see some value in the same spots that those players are going. And like I said, they're rookies. I know, I know in, the last couple of years we've been, we've been lucky to have like the Jamar chases, the Justin Jefferson's, but it's not a slam dunk that someone's going to walk in and just be a superstar right away. I know Chris Olave did it last year and Garrett Wilson, but you know, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk involved with those uh, picks. And at this point, anyway, I, 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 there's enough out there in terms of the, the veterans. I feel like you can get some good value in those same spots. So. Mo, let's go to the uh, to the YouTube chat right now. We got Flies Beats in here, and he wants to know who your favorite number two wide receiver, not named T. Higgins, not named Jalen Waddle, is here. And we'll we'll frame this, this for redraft. Well, oh, bup, 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 bup. Terp, just easy. you wait. Let let's let Mo answer this because there's some options out here. Uh, um, number two wide receiver, uh, Mo, right no now options. for you. No Higgins, no Waddle. Who's your choice here? Uh, it's gotta be. Um... Come on. It's, <laughs> it's got to be the Eagles. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's Thank gotta, you. I'm sorry. His name is uh, Devontae Smith. Smith. Yeah. Smith. I'm sorry. It's yeah. got to be Devontae Smith. He's a he's an incredible player. I don't know if I'd even – it's like a 1A, really, as yeah. opposed to a true number two. So, got to be Devontae. I'm trying to think who, who the other options would be here. And, obviously, depending upon where DeAndre Hopkins goes, I mean, maybe he ends up being the number two. I don't know if that's going to happen. 
Um, you look at Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley. I think there's there's a conversation to be had there. Um, you could look at um, Washington. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, like Dotson, would you put him up in this? Love Dotson. Okay. Big Dotson fan. Are, are you a big uh, – either Jahan or Jahan Dotson. I don't know which one. Dotson from Washington. Mo, do you like him this year? I do like him, but I, I, I mean, if you're asking me who's my favorite number two, he's not, he's not, in he's the, not, in not compared to those three, not right. compared to those three, but. <laughs> All right. So let's, you alluded to a couple of the, the rookies that, that you're excited about this year. You mentioned Jameer Gibbs. You mentioned Zach Charbonnet, depending upon where he goes to. Are there any other rookies as you look forward to your dynasty rookie drafts that are going to be starting up here in obviously less than a month? Um, are there any other rookies that you're excited about drafting, excited about to see where they land uh, this year as you watch uh, the NFL draft coming up next week, Mo? Um, who are the guys you're watching to see where they land because they're very excited about their talent? Well, I mean, uh, there's been talk about Zay Flowers playing with uh, Mahomes, so that's obviously very exciting. I'd like to see that. He's very talented, and, you know, Mahomes can elevate any wide receiver, so that that's definitely on my radar. <laughs> uh, um, there's been some talk about um, – I don't know. I'm sorry. My, I just can't think of the names right now, but uh, the – the receiver that everybody's saying is going to go to the Chargers um, from USC. Jordan Addison. Oh, Jordan yeah. Addison. Yep. He's, he's, he's interesting to me. He's, you know, he could stretch the field. And I think, you know, with Herbert, that's a, that's a, that's a great combination there. So I'm very interested to see if that actually pans out. That could be a great, that could be a great pick there. Uh, Kendra Miller, he's someone who I'm, I'm keeping tabs on. I think he, he's an NFL pro ready kind of player. I think he could make an impact right away. I agree. Yeah. So those are, those are some names that I'm, I'm keeping tabs on. And, and like you said, I might be making a mistake, Dave, uh, not, not taking a shot early on these, but I'm playing it safe, I guess, at this point. Well, uh, and you, you say you're playing, but here's the thing, like you say, you're playing it safe and, and Mo, I got to tell you, like, you may there's a lot of people that are say that, that you might be living on the edge, right? Uh, of, of 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 because there is so much rookie love right now. Yeah, there are, I, there's I, so Terp, many downfalls in the rookie class. Right. I mean, and right. Terp, how many times have we had conversations with dynasty players that get so geeked up for these rookie drafts, and then they're still drafting these fantasy pros drafts or the never too early tournament, which obviously closed now because it reached capacity. But people drafting these rookies too early. Now Mo is not falling into that trap, and Mo, I got to tell you, like if you don't, if you're not falling into that trap, you may actually be taking more of a risk here in in drafting these veterans that, quite frankly, could see their ADPs go, you know, significantly higher. After 100%. the NFL draft, you know, so I, 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 you know, you say playing it safe. I, I still think there's some risk here that you're taking, which I think you need to do to win a million bucks. For sure. Of course. For sure. Absolutely. Um, Terp, why don't I have a follow-up question on the tight ends, but I know I want you to ask this one about Kincaid and Mayer. Popular tight end draft. A lot of, you know, positive feedback on the tight end class. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer, which one do you prefer? For me, it's Michael Mayer, 100%. Um, I think they are both extremely talented players. I just read, though, recently that Kincaid hasn't even been playing football for very long. I think uh, something like four years or something. Not not the tight end position, but football in general. Yeah. And, and at the tight end position, I feel like, you know, there's already a steep enough learning curve in the NFL. Um 
I kind of find that, you know, when I, when I watch Michael Mayer, he seems like a more NFL ready, uh, traditional tight end still has athletic. Exactly. So I'm a little nervous about Kincaid's, uh, I guess how long it might take him to get up to speed, uh, and, and kind of show out in the NFL. So to me, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's Michael Mayer hands down for me. You touched on um, some some running backs. You touched on some receivers here. Obviously, with Addison, we we talked about Mayer and and uh, Kincaid just now. But as far as your your other rookie, your you could because we're the FFPC, right? We're contractually obligated to ask you about tight ends because it's, it's point and a half premium uh, for the position. Do you like any of these other guys after Mayer and Kincaid? Think about Darnell Washington in Georgia. Sam Laporta, really a uber athletic guy. Uh, in Iowa, Luke Musgrave, who's probably going to be going in the second round out of Oregon State, Tucker Craft, who, by the way, is just getting mad love from the from the dynasty dynasty Twitter uh, right now over the last like week or two. Uh, you you have him, and then of course uh, Zach Kuntz, who had a perfect 10.0 relative athletic score from the NFL Combine. Out of all those tight ends, uh, Mo, are there any other guys that strike your fancy for your rookie drafts? Uh, and you're talking redraft then, right? No, I'll ask you, I'll ask you from a dynasty perspective for any of these tight ends. Uh, and I know landing spots important, but you look at the talent of these guys, which is basically all we can go on at this point, besides mayor and Kincaid, who seem to be the, the, you know, the one A and one B or, or the one and two of this class, anybody else in this class that, that you're kind of excited about, uh, when your dynasty rookie drafts come up. I, I definitely have to do more research on the tight ends. Um, but I do think uh, Luke Musgrave, I, from what I've seen, he, he's someone who I think could be a very good pro. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like I, I, I have more work to do on, <laughs> on the tight ends. Well, and, and like, and, and like in a class like this, it's so deep and it's so talented. I mean, landing spot is going to play more of a role this year, at least Massive. I think, um, than, than years past because there are so many good tight ends in this class. We got to see where these guys end up, especially for FFPC tight end premium scoring. Mo, let's get to a couple of emails here that came in for you. First one, Bill in East Dundee, Illinois. Hey, Mo, is oh Jacoby Myers is Jacoby Myers a buy or sell in Dynasty right now after he moved west to Las Vegas? Thank you, sir. That is Bill in East Dundee, Illinois. Bill, we appreciate the email. Your thoughts on Jacoby Myers from a Dynasty perspective, Mo? Uh, Jacoby Myers is my highest owned player <laughs> actually um seriously you know the thing about jacoby myers nobody likes him i don't know why nobody likes nope. him <laughs> the raiders but, liked him they yeah. still like him and that's one of the reasons i think he's a buy in in all formats really because um they seem to want him you know he seems familiar with that offense uh i do think he was kind of miscast as a number one in new england so i think he's going to be in a role that is better suited for him in uh, uh, with the Raiders. And he catches a lot of passes. He, 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 he demands targets. And I think that's going to be very helpful in the uh, PPR format. Um, and I, I would assume, I mean, when I think of his situation, it's better in every way than when he was in new England, new England was a mess last year. I think that the Raiders are going to be more competitive. There's going to be more opportunity to, just score and earn points. So to me, Jacoby Myers is, is a buy solid. He's one of those players. That's not gonna, 
he's not going to win you many weeks or anything like that, but he's going to be a solid producer for your team. So. Uh, we have a follow-up on this question from Eric Balkman in Appleton, Wisconsin. Eric, why don't you go ahead? Uh, thank you, Eric. I appreciate that. Let me ask you this about Devontae Adams then. If Jacoby Myers is going to have a, a really solid season because the difference of him playing in New England as opposed to Las Vegas is going to be significantly better, are you down on Devontae Adams at all this year? And you can answer this question either from Redraft or Dynasty. I am a little bit down on him just because of Jimmy G. I don't, mm. I don't, def, I don't think his skill set goes very well with what Devontae does. So I think that's actually one of the reasons I'm a little higher on Jacoby. I think it kind of plays to Jimmy G's skill set a little bit better. So. Uh, other email, and this will be the final email I have, Terp, and then I'll let you uh, ask the last question for Mo. This comes from Jeff in Portland, California. I didn't realize there was a Portland, California. What's up, Muhammad? What kind of numbers can we expect from Hayden Hurst in Carolina? Thank you for the email, Jeff in Portland, California. Hurst put up some pretty good numbers in Cincinnati last year when he was competing for targets with one Jamar Chase, one T. Higgins, and one Tyler Boyd. Moves to Carolina. I don't know who he's going to be catching passes from. I think it's going to be Bryce Young. There's going to be no DJ Moore there. They have Adam Thielen, obviously, which is going to be um, a, a guy that will compete for targets with, with Hayden Hurst. But you look at, and I'll bring this the ADP up, and, and you can answer this question here in the form of the, uh, of the Fantasy Pros ADP, what we have right now. Hayden Hurst, tight end 27 at the 1703 Fantasy Pros ADP right now. Your thoughts on Hayden Hurst, Mo? Uh, tight end 27. That seems like a steal for Hayden. Super, super <laughs> juicy, right? Incredibly yeah. juicy. Yeah. Especially with a rookie quarterback coming in. I think that's, uh, probably a rookie quarterback's best friend, although he's a very talented rookie quarterback, uh, you know, assuming, um, but yeah, no, to me, that seems like a steal. I think he could be a solid tight end too. I, I, I don't think I'd get too crazy outside of that, but, uh, definitely seems like a good value at tight end 27. That's for sure. Terp, last question is on you, my friend. We ask this question to everybody. Name one player that you're just totally fading right now early in drafts, and then one player you're really high on right now. Um, so I don't know if I'd say I'm fading him, but I'll share him because he it could it could ruin my fantasy season next year. <laughs> so but for me, I'm very concerned with Garrett Wilson, to be honest with you. And I I know many people are just kind of kind of assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to come in there and everything's going to be great for Garrett Wilson. But first of all, I don't know what's going on with this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. It's very, I don't think they do either. It's very, <laughs> uh, starting with the darkness retreat and the list of demands. It's, it's a very odd thing that's going on. So I don't like the situation to begin with, but even assuming that he does go there, um, Let's let's assume that the, the the team is better. I don't necessarily know if they'll be throwing as much um, as they were. Uh, they have a solid defense, solid run game. I know, you know, being in the the Detroit area, I've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers games, and he tends to play slow. So I definitely am a little concerned about Garrett Wilson, just because I I'm going to assume he's being drafted as a as a wide receiver one. Um, and I think he's got the potential to maybe come in a little lower than that. 
I don't think he's going to be a bust by any means, but I definitely feel like there's a little risk with drafting him as early as he's going. So, And Mo, I've been talking about this on the show for months. Like people have been, well, not months, but definitely weeks. People have been drafting Garrett Wilson as if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback uh, in New York. And that that probably will happen. But at the same time, like at this point, guys, like he's wide receiver eight in the fantasy pros championship right now. He is going at the two Oh three. In other words, if if you have the let, let's say on average, if you have the one hundred eight, and you don't take Garrett Wilson there, you ain't getting him in the right. second round, which to me is is very very high. Uh, so I'm with you on Garrett Wilson for sure, Mo. What about a, a player that um, maybe you have been targeting, or maybe a player you don't want to talk about because you don't want people to be onto him? Don't worry, <laughs> nobody's watching, nobody's listening. You can share it with just me and Chirp. It's fine. Um, well, I, I kind of already shared Jacoby Myers. I'm taking mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. I, I just for I, I don't even know what his ADP is, but I know it's coming in pretty late. And uh, um, boy, I'm trying to think of anyone. Well, else. while you, I'll, I'll just while you think, I'll let you think about that for a second, just to bring everybody up to speed on Jacoby Myers. Most totally right. It's wide receiver 53 for his ADP right now. You can get him at the 10 11 turn in fantasy pros championships right now, he's going behind Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going behind Sky Moore. He's going behind Odell Beckham, who just signed a contract with the Baltimore Ravens, having not played in the NFL since I believe 1959. And you have uh, Jalen Hyatt, Rondale Moore, and Darnell Mooney, uh, Mooney going behind Myers right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board. Wide receiver 53 at this. I always bring this up all the time. Um, Joe Delzanero says, uh, Baker boy, longtime high stakes play, uh, fantasy player. There's no such thing as a bad pick after the 10th round. And you could probably get this guy in the 11th round. It's not a bad pick at that point. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of them. So that <laughs> yeah. feel a little good. Um, you know, I guess uh, one player that I am kind of high on is Deontay Johnson. I feel like, uh, you know, just the idea that he had no touchdowns last year, seems to be kind of, just that's not going to happen again, I would think. So I think he's kind of being undervalued. So that's one guy who I feel like I'm high on. I'm also a little higher on Chris Godwin, I think, than most people. I think he's an exceptional talent. And this is coming from probably the the biggest Baker Mayfield like hater. I can't stand Baker Mayfield. <laughs> but I, I definitely feel like he can get the ball to Chris Godwin. And I feel like they have to throw the ball to somebody. Um and he's a, he's a great talent. So I, if I, I feel like those are two players that uh, I'm a little higher on than, you know, I think the general consensus. So. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 33 at the 607. That's behind Jamison Williams, Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett. We'll see. I would imagine Jamison Williams dips behind Deontay Johnson shortly. Currently, Johnson is going ahead of Marquise Brown, Mike Evans, and Kadarius Toney. Chris Godwin going a little bit higher on the draft. He's behind Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's going ahead of Mike Williams, Jamison Williams, and Christian Kirk. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 28 at the 5'10". You've heard it here first from a guy who's won five FFPC league titles in his short career with the FFPC. We'll uh, be anxiously awaiting to see what you do in your dynasty rookie dress that you have picked up and acquired uh, over the past couple of years, Mo. I I certainly appreciate you carving out some time on this Friday night uh, as we talk NFL rookies, NFL draft, 
uh, and, and NFL free agency, everything that's going on right now. I know you've drafted a ton of teams early. I thank you for your insight on the show tonight. And uh, I wish you good luck this season. And uh, hopefully the, the ball follows your way and you, you're a million-dollar champion at the end of the season, man. Good luck. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. Anytime, man. That is Mohammed El Sahani, a five-time FFPC league champ, joining us here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Terp, it was such a great interview. I learned so much from Mo tonight. And very as knowledgeable. a result, very knowledgeable guy. And and as a result, we are behind the eight ball. I want to we we technically only have four minutes left in the show. We'll go a little bit of overtime tonight because I want to get your thoughts on some of the stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to um, what we didn't get to in the first segment. Ron Rivera says that his team feels quote very comfortable with their quarterback situation. I know the Commanders fans are not very comfortable with the quarterback situation in Washington. Sam Howell, a guy who I I probably unfairly disliked uh, because he committed to Florida State and then he decided to decommit and go to North Carolina, uh, leaving my beloved Knowles in the lurch. But he's been touted all offseason as the quarterback one for Washington. Jacoby Brissett is there, uh, expected to be the backup. However, uh, the Commanders had a, a meeting with Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker, who might be going in the first round of the NFL draft. I, I, you know, we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation, but let's talk about what we do know in this uh, Washington team. We know Brian Robinson's going to be there. We know Antonio Gibson's going to be there. The list goes on here. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Is the unproven situation at quarterback right now uh, uh, affecting anything what you're doing in your drafts with the Washington skill position players? I don't think so. I mean, every fan base right now that has a quarterback situation like this is they want everything with Lamar Jackson. They want Mm. Lamar Jackson, trade this, trade that to get him. And the commanders are no different. Um, But Sam Howell is a guy that I think has a ton of potential. They have a ton of weapons. You know, new offensive coordinator with the enemy. There's a lot of things that are positive for that team right now. Um, But the only thing that I worry about with him is the coach. Ron Rivera is a bonehead. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, I could easily see Jacoby Brissett starting and that team just being a fantasy disaster. I just feel like Hal has more upside. He's a more talented player by a, by a landslide over Brissett. I feel like it's his team. I feel like everything they're saying is correct, and I hope they're correct because he's definitely a guy that, especially in Superflex, that I've been targeting a lot, you know, as quarterback three, quarterback four in some spots with – to me, ton of upside because those receivers, we talked about Dotson already, you know, obviously, you know, Terry McLaren, you know, Samuel's still there. The tight end position's a little, you know, questionable, but it's a good draft for tight ends. Mm-hmm. Gibson, Brian Robinson. We're talking about a lot of talent on that team, especially offensively. So I'm a Hal guy. He's a guy that I hope starts, but the only thing I said that worries me is Ron Rivera. And if he struggles a little bit in preseason and camp, I can easily see him just saying, hey, Jacoby, you're going to start, and we'll figure it out. The first uh, player that is being drafted off the Commanders this year in FFPC drafts is indeed Terry McLaurin. Wide receiver 26 at the 507 ahead of uh, JSN, Godwin, and Mike Williams, right behind Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, and Michael Pittman. That is the decision you will have to make. All right, so I I think this is interesting. Uh, Terp, I picked up a dynasty, uh, private dynasty team, um within the last week and a half and i have javante williams on this roster and i'm looking for advice from you on what you think i should do this team that i inherited has a chance at the playoffs this year it's got three first round picks it's got a decent um decent core but 
a part of that core is Javante Williams. George Payton, who is the GM of Denver, said this week that Williams will play at some point this season. They just don't know when, according to Chris Thomason on Twitter. Now, Payton also said, who is heading up the Broncos draft, said that um, if the best player available when it comes to be their pick in the NFL draft is a running back, then running back could be a possibility there. Uh, Samaje Pirine is officially the starter right now until Javante Williams gets healthy. I, I don't really know what you should be doing with Javante Williams. What do you think you should be doing in redraft for the Broncos backfield, given Williams' significant tears? I mean, it was a nasty, nasty injury. This was not a clean sure tear like Brees Hall had. This was a significant tear. Um, how do you handle Javante Williams in dynasty leagues, and what are you doing with the Broncos' backfield in redraft leagues? 0.0 shares of Javante Williams and will not have any. This injury is no joke. Like you what said, would you what, what, Terp, let me ask you this. If you had him, like if you're in my situation where you inherit him on a dynasty league, how many cents on the dollar would you be willing to get rid of him for? 70 cents on the dollar, 80 cents probably, on the dollar? I mean, probably something like that. But but also, I mean, what are you getting for him? What's like a fair Javante Williams? Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. Now? Like he's almost a guy who's got to sit and hope that, you know, people like me are wrong. But would like you said, let me let me ask you this? Let me ask you this: If you got uh, somebody's 2024 first, would you give him up straight in up in a heartbeat? In okay. a heartbeat, as as quick as possible. Okay. Because I I don't the injury like you said is no joke. It's it's a severe tear. It's not Brees Hall. Totally different injury, and it's just so many risks. P Ryan is a very solid veteran. Is he a superstar? No. They definitely will add somebody in the draft. And once they do that, I mean, there's a chance he doesn't play at all this year. Mm-hmm. So he's getting drafted way, way too high in drafts on a speculation of what? He might play eight games? I mean, he's not going to start the season. And even if he does for some crazy, crazy, you know, wild you know, way that he does, I don't see him being effective. He, Like I said, he's one guy that uh, – I took a stand, and I will take a stand, and I will own zero shares. He beats me, he beats me, but I will not get sucked into that best ball or no, redraft. No matter the format, he will not be on any of my teams. The uh, YouTube chat is still humming right now. We'll go back to Fly's Beats here. He wants to know Jackson Smith and Jigba for the not. Lions question. So let me ask you this. So th- this is interesting. I don't think they the Lions take him at six, but they do have the 18th pick. They have some ammo to move up if they want. If he does move up, I mean, obviously, this not only affects Jameson Williams, but it affects the redraft value of Amon Ross St. Brown, doesn't it? It affects everybody. And I, I would not – certain fits we talked about, like with B. John Robinson on shows before, this is another one. Like, Lions, stay away from the receiver position. I get what happened with Jameson Williams, but you just drafted him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Don't – don't, you know, add a veteran if you have to. Draft a guy a little later. Maybe they you know, could break out or something. And it's also a team that doesn't throw the ball a ton. So this fit wouldn't make any sense, but it's the Lions, man. Anything's possible. I would love for JF, JSN is my clear-cut number one receiver in this draft. There's a lot of other fits I would like for him, and it's definitely not the Lions. If Vince Papali is the number one Eagles uh, name that is associated with the franchise, Dave Terpoli is number two. With the Eagles, your Eagles are picking tenth overall. No, I've seen. I've no. hold on. Up, 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 up. I've seen JSN mock to him. I've no, seen Bijan Robinson. No, your Eagles. Who do you want the Eagles to take, and who do you think they're going to take at ten? Love Bijan Robinson, number one 
number one rookie in this draft by a large, large margin. Love the player, but Howie Roseman does not draft running backs in the top 10 in the first round. He doesn't value the position, and in seriousness, he should not value the position. Look at all the teams that have won Super Bowls, made the Super Bowls. How many have had big-time running backs that they invested in? Look at some of the guys we just talked about. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, first-round capital players that can't get a contract. Derrick Henry signed a big deal. Christian McCaffrey signed a big deal. We can keep going on the list. They're not going to invest. O-line, D-line, rinse, repeat. If they want to take JSN, though, I'm intrigued by that. Mm. Make the offense even better. You just spent all the money on, on Hurts. But to me, it's O-line, D-line, trade back, keep getting picks, do exactly what you did last year, and just keep building the dynasty. Let me ask you this from a fantasy perspective. Um, and let's assume they don't draft Jackson Smith and Jigba, which they still could. But even without him, you have A.J. Brown. You have Devontae Smith. You have Dallas Goddard. Yeah. You have Jalen Hurts. You have a pretty good offensive line there. Where the is the best offensive line in football? Hold on. The best, best offensive line in football. Okay, but still, did, didn't they lose some to free agency? They lost Isaac Salomo. That's it. And they lost some depth, which is fair. But so, so the they're best still offensive the line coach. Okay. No All right. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I think I'm offensive not, line will be the pick personally. I think they're going to take either the tackle from Ohio State or the tackle Harris from Western. Yeah. yeah or I think one of those two will be the prior. Okay. I think it's, yeah. you know, they could probably trade back a little bit and get them. But either way, I mean, it's, it's hard not to, it's hard to justify. Like, B. John Robinson, like I said, talented. Will he make the offense better? Of course he will. Is he a talented, you know, extremely, to me, he's the most talented running back since Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. But, for an offense that doesn't throw better the ball than Barkley, better than Barkley, Terp. I say yes. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Now, I guess my point here, and what I sort of want to get to in regards to talking up the Eagles' mm-hmm. um, um, offensive skill position players. I didn't mention running backs with a talented offensive line and all these skill position players. There's got to be some love for an Eagles running back here. Where does it come from? Who is the Eagles running back that you want to be drafting right now? I think it's just mix your shares in with Penny and Gainwell. I think they're going to draft somebody a little later, you know, somebody to develop in there. there there's talks of Trey Sermon coming out of the woodwork. I mean, somebody they picked up late last year, maybe getting some, you know, if if he's looking good early, I could see maybe like a deep, deep, deep pick there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Gainwell a little bit better than Penny just because Penny, we all know with him, if he's on the field, he is top 10 running back potential. You tell me he's out there for 14 to 16 games. He is top 10 right in that offense. You just saw what Miles Sanders did last year. The potential's mm-hmm. there. And I, Penny's, in my opinion, a better player. But he can't stay healthy. And it's hey, been proven what? that he can't stay healthy. Right. And with his health and where he's being drafted, it's just such a gamble. But if he can stay healthy, but he's never shown that he can. <laughs> right. So it's, and- it's, it's a question. And you saw and- game all come on at the end of the season last year. He definitely has potential. He definitely has a spot in that offense, I think, pretty secure. Um, so I think mix your shares in with both those guys. Let's not – Jalen Hurts got paid. He's still going to get his rushing touchdowns. So And they didn't outlaw the um, – whatever they're calling it. They didn't outlaw his, his move, which is so, great. So for this is great football. for Hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Great, I mean, like where, he, where Hurts is being drafted right now, which is just crazy. If we ever said this a couple of years ago, quarterbacks would be so high. But with his rushing ability and them being able to still push him in the end zone, Sky's still the limit. He's he's my number one quarterback coming into this year. Kenneth Gainwell, running back 45 
at the 11-10 right now. That's behind a pair of rookies, Devin A. Chain and Ty J. Spears. It's right it's ahead crazy. of Deontay Foreman. I agree. And it's ahead of Deontay Foreman, another rookie who actually happened to like Israel Abanaconda. Did we Love talk him. about Abanaconda? You like him he's too, guy, right? I was a big fan of him. I'm drafting him a ton early, but he's getting pushed up. And yes, he is. Absolutely. You got to you got to worry. Like we're going to talk Kendra Miller. You know the guy from TCU was hurt. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't hurt, he probably would be going higher. I mean, he didn't really do much in the combine, you know, in his pro day. So he's kind of, but he's starting to get, you know, the week before you always see these guys who are getting jumped, you know, uh, he's going to be a three down back. He's this, he's got, he's got a top 30 visit, I believe with Tampa Bay. Yet. I mean, these guys are always a worry because yeah, of course, but where were they early on? Like, why are they just being talked about the week before? Yeah. Questions. Uh There's so many running backs that are all look the same and one of them are going to be good. The rest of them are going to be bad spots. And, you know, there's guys, Roshan Johnson's probably my favorite. Um, Miller's another guy that I like a lot. I've been drafting a lot lately. Um, but like you said, all these guys are all talented kids coming out. They were the, they were the studs in college. Mm -hmm. But the NFL is a different animal. And, and I, I don't see a lot of these guys day one being, you know, instant impacts with their team. The last thing I want to bring up, and, and I want to get to that Kendra Miller email since you teased it, but before we get to that, let's stick in the NFC East. Uh, Giants GM Joe Schoen said, quote, nothing's changed since we talked at the owners' meetings, end quote, when he was asked about Saquon Barkley's contract status. Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants, uh, posted this on Twitter. Uh, when he was asked about Barkley potentially reporting the training camp, quote, you'd have to ask him. I don't know what his plans are. I haven't talked to him in three weeks. Now, Barkley is a guy who was franchise tagged after the Giants decided that they were going to uh, get a deal done with Daniel Jones. Barkley does not have to report until he signs the tag. Terp, Barkley's coming off a fantastic season. He is True. currently the running back five at the 112, neck and neck with Bijan Robinson, who obviously we'll see where he ends up. But Saquon Barkley at the 112, would you, knowing this, would you be willing to risk? your first-round pick, or at least your early second-round pick on Saquon Barkley, or are you more likely to wait and draft a running back like Kenneth Walker, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, so on and so forth? Your thoughts on Barkley after hearing this? Um, I'm worried about Barkley this year. I mean, I... No, no, hold on. Let me, let me couch this a little bit. Are you worried about Barkley from the standpoint of he's been worked really hard and he's trying Correct. to get a second contract? Workload. Or are you worried about Barkley just reporting at all? No, the war that he's what are his options? Sit out because they're not trading him. So right. to me, he's going to sit out as long as he can and he'll come back. And, and it's the same song and dance with all these running backs, unless one of them one time just makes a statement and sits out for the season. But what you saw that with Le'Veon Bell, how that worked out. So Barkley, I have no worries whatsoever about not playing. They're not going to trade him. What's a value for a running back who needs to get signed to a contract right now? What teams lining up to do that? You, you heard rumors of Derrick Henry. You know, you know, possibly getting traded. That that market never happened. Uh, you know, Barkley's a similar player with the wear and tear. Um, obviously, he's coming off a great season, but yeah, no worries. He's not a guy that I'm personally taking in the first round. If he comes to the second, you know, and, and people get worried about this, yeah, of course. I mean, I'll have some shares, but he's not a guy that I'm very, very high on this year, especially where he's being drafted. Um, let me ask you this. This will be the final email we have, uh, or the only email we're going to get to tonight. We'll get to the rest, uh, coming up next week. I'll tell you what's going on with our show next week. It's, it's, it's pretty exciting. 
And if you are a fan of the show, you know exactly what's going on with the show next week. Okay. Uh, this is something you alluded to. Tal- uh, Kurt in Tulsa. Tulsa Kurt wants to know, what are the chances TCU's Kendra Miller becomes a three-down back in the NFL? Terp, I have seen a lot of love in the um, the the conversations I've had with high-stakes players and dynasty fantasy football pundits out there um, for Bijan Robinson, for Roshan Johnson, for a guy like Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, uh, Zach Evans even. Kendra Miller is a little bit polarizing. Your thoughts on what he could be in the NFL. Is he destined to just be some sort of backup? Or in a deep running back class, is this a sleeping giant, a guy that could be a bell cow if the bell is rung and he needs to do so? I think he's a sleeping giant. I think he's a very talented kid. I mean, he would be a perfect fit for the Philadelphia Eagles. A guy that can develop a little bit behind, you know, Penny, you know, if he stays on the field, behind Gainwell, obviously Boston Scott's still there. He'd be a guy that, like, would be a good target for a team like that. Um, he obviously can get lost in the shuffle in certain spots. Like, obviously, fit is most important next week. Mm-hmm. But right now, do I think he could be a third down? 100%. Okay. Uh, I'm back four of the draft. And he is, uh, right now in fantasy pros drafts, he is going behind. Oh, let me ask you this. Okay. So he's going behind Deontay Foreman, Kareem Hunt, and Elijah Mitchell. He's going ahead of Jalen Warren, Jeff Wilson, Ezekiel Elliott. But a guy he's going behind, this is redraft. He's going behind him by about a third of a round, four picks. Who would you rather have, Terp? Right now, if you're drafting in a dynasty draft, would you rather have Israel Abadakanda or would you rather have Kendra Miller? That's tough because I like both. I like them both too. I would I'm gonna lean towards Abanaconda. I'm gonna lean toward Miller. Miller, okay. Why I now why close. Miller? I think it's close. I think they're you're you know pulling hairs, but Right. I think Miller's a slight lean for me. The the re- and and listen, you know me, I, my brain is mush. I get shifted. I'm like, um, I, I, <laughs> I get shifted. So like, I have made dynasty decisions based on the last guest we have had on this show prior to my dynasty rookie. Nothing, draft. nothing wrong with that at all. I I have Instagram videos posted of where I asked my son, "Hey, should I go with Devin Singletary or JJ Ortega Whiteside? Hey, should I go with?" Michael Gallup or, you know, whoever I was deciding, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, I'm so wishy-washy. And then you look back at him, you're just like, Jesus Oh, he's, Christ. my son is two for two. He is two for two on, on. Hopefully on he might pick, pick J.J. Arthiga White. No, he that took Singletary that year. Right now. He, he took Singletary that year. I'm trying to remember who the Gallup pick was. I'd have to go back and look at who was, who was going at that pick. But I do remember um, when I look back at him, like e- even Gallup in the situation he's in, Gallup was the correct pick. It was somebody horrible, and and he nailed it. Uh, so I, I might be going to him uh, again this year. I might be going to you, Terp, because you uh, came through tonight uh, to co-host this show with me, and you did it with with great aplomb. I thank you for it. We will continue to follow you on Twitter, at Dave Terp, and uh, good luck in all your leagues this year. You and I are going to hook up. I know you and Aiden LaCorey have already done uh, some best ball live coverage on the FFPC YouTube channel. We got I know a bunch of stuff coming, coming up soon. And and, uh, and you'll grow drafts. Yes, exactly. And you'll be on uh, coming up in. Uh, we're still a ways away, about uh, three months away. But uh, it'll be you, me, Farrell, uh, doing all the uh, pros versus pros Joe's versus drafts Joe's. again yes, this sir. year. So so that'll be fun. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Safe travels to Los Angeles tomorrow, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, hopping aboard. We'll talk to you again real soon. Have a great one. You got it, Dave Turpoli, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the man, the myth, legend. You follow him on Twitter at Dave Turp. 
uh, great guy uh, that we uh, have fill in uh, every so often when we need to here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. We are running short on time. I do want to thank Muhammad El-Sahani for popping on tonight, the five-time FFPC League champ, Dave Terpoli, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you. Special programming announcement. Next Wednesday, we will have a show. Yeah, that's right. We're not going to do a show on Friday. You guys are watching the NFL Draft. There's no reason for us to do a show and bring a guest on. So we're going to bring a guest on on Wednesday. It's going to be 13-time FFPC champion Steve Sackled. He's going to come on. He's going to talk dynasty. He's going to talk redraft. We're going to have a lot of fun at 10-9 Central on Wednesday this coming week. Now, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show was awesome. This past Thursday, you can watch it back on the FFPC YouTube channel because we did a four-hour uh, um, mashup of shows, a, um, uh, a meeting between the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show and the Dynasty Nerds program on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, uh, well, on the Better Sports Network. It was myself and Garrett Price. We did four hours worth. We had a lot of great guests on. We had Shane Hallam on. We had Theo Greminger on. We had uh, Britt Flynn on from Fantasy Alarm. We had on uh, Rich Dotson from Dynasty Nerds. We had a ton of guests on. We covered every single position, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. We also did a full two-round NFL mock draft followed by a full two-round FFP, uh, FFPC fantasy, uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football mock draft in the fourth hour. We, did, we covered a lot of ground. Go back and watch that at uh, where you're watching this right now, youtube.com slash Fantasy. Uh, and you can check out the four-hour episode that myself and Garrett Price did. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. It was exhausting. But, man, it was so great to get that out there. Uh, so check that out. Now, next week, normally we're on 7 to 9 on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network. We're not doing that uh, because of the NFL draft. But you can still consume content on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show next week. Um, it won't be the HSFF show as you know, but I will be anchoring coverage as the lead host on Friday night from seven until nine, along with Andrew Cooper, uh, the moose, Mark Melusis, and other guests that are going to be coming on in that two hour span. We're going to see where these running backs go. Some of the receivers, some of the tight ends, that is all bettersports.com, all the better sports, social media channels. And of course, all the FFPC social media channels as well. Go to myffpc.com. Click on Dynasty Leagues and adopt a Dynasty Orphan right now with the FFPC. Discounted teams are available uh, from the $250 level on up to the $1250 level. You can get teams as low as a dollar. That's myffpc.com, myffpc.com, and take a chance. Try to win the FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship. First time we're ever doing this, $1 million, only $350 to register. That's at myffpc.com. If you register by June 1st and draft by June 15th, you are going to get a free $35 league credit. If you want to do it up to three times, you're going to get three league credits. That's over $100 in free FFPC teams when you register for the Fantasy Pros Championship at myffpc.com. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Your weekend officially starts now. And while I'd love to play the outro, I cannot do it tonight because I'm having some computer issues. So I apologize for that. Uh, so we won't have an official outro. I do want to say this tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And I brought this up on one of my other shows today. I want to tell you about my old friend, Brian. My old friend, Brian, is three years older than me. Um, when I was a young kid, he used to come over when my parents would go out at night. Uh, and he would babysit me and my two younger brothers. Uh, he was an awesome guy. We loved him coming over. Uh, he would um, 
you know, at the time I was being babysat for, I was like nine, 10, 11. He was like 14, 15, 16, whatever it was. Um, and he was kind of getting sick of his baseball and football and basketball card collection at that point. So he would make trades with us and we would get insane deals. He would give us great cards. Uh, he was also uh, instrumental in the development of the um, uh, Balkman family hand soccer tournament. Uh, it was a sport that we came up with where we would play it in our basement. Me, my two brothers and Brian, we would play it in our basement. You'd play it on your knees and you could only use your hands uh, in soccer. We formulated, this is way back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, and we formulated a gigantic um, tournament where every single country in the world qualified for, and we'd, we'd play out the tournament. Uh, Brian was also instrumental in figuring out the rules, the, um, the, the layout of the field, um, and the goals, like what would count, what would not. Uh, he was a guy I have not talked to in, in probably 30 years. I got an email from my mother this morning, um, uh, and I found out he actually uh, was killed by a drunk driver this past week, uh, uh, this past Wednesday, was um, hit head-on uh, by somebody who was obviously intoxicated and uh, hit his car head-on. Car uh, rolled, hit, uh, uh, it was lit on fire, uh, obviously exploded, and um, he was pronounced dead at the scene. He had a 14-year-old son in the car who is in critical uh, condition at a local hospital and has been at critical condition at a hospital for nine days. He's expected to be released sometime this weekend. We don't know officially on that. He leaves behind a wife and not only his 14-year-old son, but his 12-year-old daughter. Um, Brian was a great guy to me. He was a guy I always looked forward to, to hanging out with. Um, I played baseball with his brother, Dan, um, who was one of the best pitchers, probably the best pitcher I ever played with, uh, not only against, but as a teammate as well. And his uh, dad, John, was my coach for three or four years uh, playing baseball growing up. I remember uh, his family really well. I've been praying for his family to try to make it through this difficult time. And uh, it just totally sucks that something like this has to happen uh, to, a, to a, such a nice guy, such a great person as Brian was. And um, I just want to do two things here as we sign off tonight. Number one, um, understand that life is short. Understand that um, the last time you see your family or friends, it might be the last time you ever see them. My last time to see Brian was like 30 years ago. And uh, it, it, you know, I've grown apart from him, obviously, but it, I still wish I could say goodbye and I can't anymore. And I made my peace with that. Uh, but I, I don't think his family has yet. And so I want you to pray for him. I want you to send out positive vibes. I, I want you to, um, you know, let them know that there are people thinking about uh, them and um, I want you to understand that Brian Bender is a, a really special guy to me and a lot of other people. I found out through a text chain today with some of my uh, other buddies who um, I played baseball with against um, his little brother um, that Brian also babysat them back in the day. So he babysat a lot of us uh, and watched us when, when our parents were out uh, at night. He was a really cool guy. He was he was a very kind-hearted individual, and he's gone way too soon, and he leaves behind a wife and, and two kids that are, are going to be robbed of a lot of memories um, that, that they can't make with them uh, anymore, and, and, and that sucks, and, and it is what it is, and we got to make our peace with it. So uh, prayers up to, to Brian's family. Uh, prayers up to uh, everybody who has been in a similar situation in your life. Hug and kiss everybody uh, that are close to you, friends, family. Um, tell them you love them uh, because life is short and uh, be a Brian. 
um, go out there and be a nice person and be the kind-hearted person that he was and the way he lived all 46 years on his uh, on this earth. And, and I think the world will be better for it. Uh, rest in peace, Brian. And we'll talk with you all uh, next Wednesday. Thanks for watching, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.